Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. To heal, to deliver, and to set the captive free. So we thank you, God, that whom the sun sets free on today is free indeed. Father, I thank you for saturating this atmosphere. On today, God, with more of you and less of us, God. I thank you for liberty in this place. I thank you for our teacher, our helper, our comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we need you today. We cannot do it by ourselves. And Father, I thank you that we have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. If you would, turn your Bibles to 1 Kings, the 18th chapter, verse 20 through 21. And we want to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say unto the church. Amen. So I ask that you open your hearts to hear from God on this morning. And I pray that those that are already in here have prepared your hearts. You have made your heart ready to hear what God has to say on this morning. First Kings 18, chapter 18, 20 through 21. I'm reading out the New King James Version. Again, First Kings 18, 20 through 21. The word of God now reads, So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him, Not a word. You may be seated. Yesterday at the home going, I'm going to put both of these together that God has given me for us today, this morning. God was talking about there's a way that seems right unto a man, but that way ends in death. There's a way that seems right unto a man, but that way ends in death. There's a lot of things that appear right to us. There's a path that we get on that appears to be right, but that path leads to death. And the reason why it appears to be right is because we have followed that path so long that that path seemed like it's a good path. And we seem like we're okay on that path because, you know, financially we're okay, mentally we're okay, physically we're okay. And some of us think, I'm serving God, so I'm okay. But if you're on the wrong path, that appears to be right, 
and it leads to death, that's not God. Because God is about life. Jesus came to give us abundant life, a Zoe life, the God kind of life. And the only way you can get to know that life is through Jesus Christ. The Bible say he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to, to the Father except through him. So the only way we can get through God, it ain't through Buddha. It ain't through your good works. It's not through your idols. It's not through your money. It is through Jesus. That's the only way you can get to God. That's why the Bible says there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. Some of us are following people that are not really following God. They're saying, Lord, Lord, but they don't know him. They have not become acquainted with him. And it seems like they're living the way they need to live because they're treating you good or because they're acting good. But everything that's good is not God. This is why we look at how people are calling good evil and evil good, bitter, sweet, and sweet, bitter. So you got to have a relationship. You got to come in connection with him, being acquainted with him and knowing his ways. And then you will be able to know what's right and what's wrong. We look at Solomon. He was a king and he was David's son. And Solomon only wanted to know what was right in God's eyes. He said, the only thing I want to know is how to go in and how to come out. So he wanted to know God's way. So he said, you know, I need to know what's good and I need to know what's evil. Give me an understanding heart. God heard his heart. See, God is looking for your heart. A person can act a certain way, but it don't mean their heart is right. And sooner than later, they're going to show their heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. So Solomon asked God just for that one thing. And God said, just because, Solomon, you didn't ask me for riches. You didn't ask me for your enemies. You didn't ask me for, you know, long life, anything like that. He said, I'm going to give you riches. I'm going to give you honor. Solomon was the wisest man ever. People were coming to Solomon for his wisdom. But then Solomon turned his heart. He had 700 wives, 300 concubines, y'all. That seemed like it's so unbelievable. But it's not because you got men and women sitting here today that had just that many. And I'm going to tell you how you had just that many. If you sleep with one man, women, that man could have been already slept with 100 or 300 women. So you slept with them. Yeah. So that's how it adds up and that's how it calculates. Some people say, I only had one person since I, you know, da-da-da-da-da. No, you didn't. You had more than that. Because whoever they slept with, you slept with them. And whatever they did is coming at you. So this is why you got to understand Solomon's heart was turned more to these women than his heart was turned towards God. He was building them altars to sacrifice to these other gods. So his heart wasn't all, you know, where it needed to be for God. Why did I put this in here? Because I'm going back to this today, even with Solomon. So God gave me, there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. So we want to make sure that we pick the right way and the right road. 
We talked about there's two roads. There's a narrow road. There's a wide road. Many people are on that wide road. And Christians that say they're Christians are on that wide road. And that wide road, on that road, people are fornicating. They're committing adultery. They're lying. They're stealing. They're doing what the world is doing and saying that they know Jesus. But I beg you to differ. And they think, okay, I can still be saved, but I can still live the life that I'm living. I'm here to tell you, when your heart changed for Jesus, You're not going to do what the world is doing no more. You don't want to do what the world is doing. You want to taste and see and really see that God is good. And being that you know how good God is and how much he loves you, you don't want to do what you've done no more. See, you haven't really tasted his goodness. You haven't tasted his mercy, his loving kindness. I don't know about you, but every day I have to get me a taste of God. Every day I have to go into the word of God because I say, God, I want to taste and see how good you are. I can't live this day without going into your word and hearing what you have to say unto me. God, I take this personal. I'm not going in there for nobody else. I'm going in there for me first and foremost because if I don't get me right, how can I stand before the people and tell them what you want me to tell them in truth? There is a root to everything. None of us do what we do just to do it. There's a seed that was planted that keeps growing and growing. Y'all know how you put a seed in the ground? And when you put that seed in the ground, it has to take time to take root, right? Some of us don't wait, don't want to wait for that seed to take root. But after a while, when you leave that seed to itself, see, the ground produces after its own kind. That ground is going to bring forth whatever seed was put into that ground. So God created the earth to bring forth. So whatever you put in that earth, whatever kind of seed you put in that earth, even if it's a weed or if it's tore up from the flow up, it's going to produce. Because that's what God told the earth to do. So whatever seed that you have planted in your heart, it's going to produce after this kind. And people are going to begin to see that seed and they're going to know that in God. This is why we have to be so careful to guard our heart with our diligence. For out of it is the issues of life. I have learned in, in my life that I had some issues and still got some. Now we're talking about there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. I want to ask everybody in this place, which path are you on? Which path are you on for real? So I'm going deeper into it because when God gave me 1 Kings 18, 20 through 21, God said, I want you to teach on split decisions. Split decisions. When something is split, it is separated. A decision is something you have to decide upon. When we look in the book of 1 Kings, eight, chapter 18, this is Elijah talking to the people. He said, you're going to have to decide. That's what opinion means here. You're going to have to decide. So when you have an opinion, it's divided thoughts that you're having. So he said, you're going to have to decide in whom you're going to serve. This is really what he was saying to the people. Either it's going to be Baal or either it's going to be God. 
Why would he tell them that? Because they was trying to serve both. They were trying to serve both. So Elijah said, you got to make a decision today. So what am I bringing in this house? God said, you got to make a decision today whom you're going to serve. You cannot have two masters. You got to make a decision with your whole heart for real, y'all. And I'm going to pause on that. For real. And ain't no time to fake it to make it. And ain't no time to look good in church. And then when you get out of church, you look in another way. It's time to really make up your mind whom you're going to serve. Because when you truly make up your mind. And you're willing to serve God with all your heart. Everything begins to drop off of you. You're not going to hang with the same friends no more. You're not going to go to the same places you used to go. You're not going to want to do what you used to do. You don't want to talk like you used to talk or some words come out of your mouth. You say, oh, forgive me. God is still working on me. But you ain't going to keep talking the way you used to talk without apologizing for what you said and how. It's time now, church, to get it right. We're living in an evil world. People are dying daily. And they're dying without knowing Jesus because they're hanging with church folk that say they know Jesus living like they're living. So they think they're okay. But I'm here to tell you, you got to make a decision. Because the enemy is using the church to send people to hell. The church. The ones that say, I love Jesus, but doing opposite to what they're saying. Oh, I'm getting into this. Because the church is tore up. People come into the church because they feel like this is where I can get help from. This is who I can reach out to. This is who I connect. Now, let me tell you something. Everybody in the church ain't like that. But you got some that's putting on a mask. That's massing up and making you think that they know him and they don't know him because they ain't about him. When you know him, you're going to be about him and you're not going to let everything around you be like the world. You're going to stand up for who you believe. I know the majority of us, we stand up for our husband or our wives, some of us. Even when they're in the wrong, we'll say, that's my husband. That's my wife. You don't have a right to talk to them like that. I can, but you can't. And that's wrong too. Because if you talking to them any kind of way, you giving somebody else the right to talk to them the way you talk to them. So there's a way. That seems right. Unto a man, unto a woman. But the end thereof is death. I'm going to stay there. Women, you need to take your mouths off your husband. You need to quit putting your husband out there, talking to him any kind of way. Somebody mad right now. I'm going to stop. Just give me an explanation. Open your mouth. Because somebody in here, I hear you talking. I ain't playing today. I don't want nobody to go to a place that God made that place for the devil and those angels. He didn't make that place for us. 
We got to have people who's going to stand up for truth regardless if people don't like you. Jesus said they hated me, so they're going to hate you. So I don't mind the haters. Because I want to see people in the right place. It's time out for having friends that don't want to hear what you got to say about Jesus. It's time out for trying to be GQ. Is that what you call it? Is that what you call it? Did I say that right? It's time out for trying to be a runway model. As you get older, you can't do what you used to do. You ain't going to look the same way you used to look. So you can't put on what the, what the dummies put on in the mall. If you turn the dummy around, it is pinned up. And it's pinned up enough to say, ooh, I look good in that. Then when you try it on, you like, I don't look like the dummy. Because you ain't no dummy. Oh, y'all, I'm going somewhere with this. Why is it that we want to look so much like the world, but yet say we know Jesus? Somebody help me. Why is this? Have y'all noticed when styles change, we try to change with those styles. Did you not know it was a man or a woman that come up with that to get you to get it? What is your preference? What is your style? I remember um, way back when it's still happening. People wear their jogging pants and one leg be up. I'm like, what in the world is going on with them pants? Then people start doing it because they said, well, if they doing it, I can do it. That's what they decide to do. Why you got to do what they do? Because you kept looking at the image and that image became a part of you. Come on, I'm going to preach today. We need to quit this foolishness. So we see that he was saying, you got to make a decision. You got to make a decision on whom you're going to serve. I'm staying here. I'm staying right here. It got to be some decisions made, church, on whom we're really going to serve. That's the first decision that you got to make. And the only way you can make that decision is through hearing the good news. It's hearing the gospel concerning Jesus Christ. Because we look at the world and everything they make, cars and clothes and jewelry and pocketbooks and all this and all of that. We see those things and we begin to what? Want those things. And it's all right to have those things as long as those things don't have you. When those things have you, it's never enough. You want more of those things and you start looking for those things because those things make you feel like you exalted and people begin to see you more because you're riding in that nice car. And how you know that people want to be recognized by the car because they lower the seat. What's up with lowering the seat and nobody can see your head? The seat is so low, you're wondering who's in the car. The seat is way back in the back seat. When they come through the drive-thru, they don't even know who's driving. 
thing. That's why people's necks hurt. Because we're trying to be cool. Or it's the way you throw your hand over the stirring wheel. Willie, come here, Willie. Come demonstrate the old days. We know you don't do that now. How they throw the hand over the stern wheel, brother Will? How did? Come on now. How, how, what, what's up with? Is that loving on the stern wheel? Huh? And, and why? 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 What's up with everybody seeing you? It's still like that now. Old men can't with Arthur can't even move their arm trying to throw it over the stern wheel. <laughs> Having accidents. Can he get out the bed and wear two-ton jewelry? Oh, I'm talking here. I'm talking. Come on, is that God? No, 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 no. We're supposed to be different, y'all. We're supposed to be different. Whatever we wear, we're supposed to glorify him and not us. We don't want them to see us. We want them to see his glory. I remember this lady years ago, I was in her vehicle, and as I was in that vehicle, I'm like, ooh, this is a nice vehicle. I love this vehicle. So I looked at her, I said, you got a nice vehicle. She said, honey, it ain't the vehicle, it's the anointing that's upon this vehicle, because I'm in this vehicle. I said, glory. Somebody can drive the worst car ever, and the anointing can come upon that car, and people start lacking that car because of the anointing that's on that car. And then the other person is wondering why I'm driving this and it costs way more. And you don't compliment me on my car because it ain't about you. See, y'all, that is covetousness. There is a way that seems right unto a man. But that way ends in death. Covetousness ends in death. How does it end in death? Because it's debt. And debt is death. Because you're killing yourself trying to pay off something that God didn't tell you to get. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the way, the end thereof is death. So the first thing Elijah let them know and what we need to let people know is you need to decide today. Whom you really going to serve. If you're going to serve God, serve God. But if you're going to serve Satan, serve Satan. You cannot serve both of them at the same time. Because God is light, Satan is darkness. So you got to choose. Are you going to be in light or are you going to be in darkness? You cannot be in between. God said, I don't want you what? Lukewarm. Lukewarm, I spoo you out. you either going to be hot. Or you're going to be cold. You got to choose. It is a decision that you have to make. Oh, y'all. It's going to get, it's going high and high up in here. Because guess what? When I made up my mind to serve him, I had to leave everything behind. And the things that God had me to leave behind is things that I begin to idolize more than I idolize God. And God let me know, you got to let your husband go. You got to let your kids go. You got to let all these material things go. And when I set my mind on things above, I'm here to tell y'all. 
When I begin to set my mind on things above and things that are not on the earth, I'm here to tell you God was dropping things in my lap because he said, you put me first and foremost, so anything you need, you already got it. So when you put him first, God going to give you what you need outside of what you think that you in the need of. So your first decision has to be, whom are you going to serve? That's the decision that Elijah was telling them. You can't serve Baal and serve God at the same time. You got to make a decision today. Church, God is saying, make up your mind for real whom you're going to serve. Because if you're going to serve him, everything else got to drop off. Everything else that you in love with more than God, it got to go. Husband, wife, children, dogs, cats, goats, cars, it don't matter. Whatever you put, you already know what you idolizing. Because the things you spend more time with than you spend in this word is your idol. Television. Facebook. We got people that if, if they put your phone in lockdown, you'll start shaking. If I say bring your phone up here, you will literally start shaking and need prayer. Because right now, some of you on Facebook in church. Well, apostle is live, but you everywhere else except where you need to be. Oh, God see you. And anything you do in the church, you don't have to be making sure somebody see it. Because it ain't about you. It's about glorifying him. Because when God's glory hit... You ain't worrying about who's seeing you. You just thanking God that he's being glorified through you. And he chose to use you. Oh, I'm just starting with first Kings. Because he said, we got to choose today, y'all. We got to choose today, church. Whom are you really going to serve? You got to make up your mind. Do not turn to God because you got a situation. Do not turn to God because you got a bad report. That's not a way to turn to God. Because if you turn into him because of how you feeling instead of what he has already done for you, you ain't going to last. You're going to go back after a report is cleared. We have some backwards people. They turn back when everything mellow out. Come on. When we go through tragic situations, we humble ourselves. We ain't rumbling no more. We get so humble, the voice get lower. Yeah, how you doing? God bless you. Isn't God good? Yes, he is. He's just such a good God. Let me tell you what he done for me. And you looking at that person like, what in the world? Then after it's all over, what you want? Why you call my house? Quit acting stupid. They act like they got a split personality. That is because the heart ain't right. When your heart is right, when your heart is right, no matter what pop up, people see you the same. They see you the same. See, you get tried in 
situations and how those situations determine who you really are in him. And it shows you, you need work in that area. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It shows you, God, I thought I was all right there, but evidently I still need a little bit more work in that area. And if those areas take you to your knees more than it has taken you to your knees before, you understanding that you have a lack of communication with God because you communicate more with God now through that tragedy than you did before that tragedy. And then after the tragedy is over, you, God don't see you no more. I know I'm talking right. But everything else see you. The things that you idolizing, making money, the love of money is the root of all evil. It's not the money because God knows we need money. It's loving money so much you can't take time off to do the work of the Lord. Because the money is looking so good and it's getting you where you want to be taken that you can't take time off for God. But come on, y'all, that's the love of money. Because you done built your life based on your money. So you got to keep working to keep what you got. So nobody won't look at you the wrong way. I can't stop working. That's because you don't know him. You got to make a decision. Whom are you going to serve? Then God began to show me. Remember now, opinions are divided thoughts. We have divided thoughts dealing with certain things. Do we not? Well, I can do this. But if I do this, how is this going to work out? It ain't about you doing nothing. It's about what he done. So everything should take you back to what God has already done. And then you will know what decision to make according to his word. But the reason why you can't make the right decision because you're basing your life on what you have and not what he has already provided. If me and my husband always based our life on what the bank said or what our bank account said, we wouldn't be where we are today. Because when you step out in faith, it's not based on you, it's based on him and what he's telling you to do. Well, how do I know what he's telling me to do? Spend time with him. And you'll just live the way he wants you to live to be able to do what he wants you to do. Not according to your pocketbook, but according to the riches that he's already provided for you. Then he began to show me in Exodus 32, 25 and 26. Y'all, this is Moses. This is the deliverer. He's the one bringing the people out of Egypt. So Moses went up to be with the Lord. He was up there with the Lord. He was getting the commandments and he left Aaron in charge. You know, it's just like you have a pastor and you have a co-pastor. The pastor lead the co-pastor in charge. You're going to really find out what's in that co-pastor. So Moses went up to be with the Lord. Aaron was down there with the people. Moses stayed up there so long in the presence of the Lord. The people said, where is Moses? Where is the one that brought us out of Egypt? We need us a God. So Aaron said, Take all your jewelry. Now listen to that, Aaron. Take all your jewelry out your ear, you know, all this, that, and the other. And he made them a golden calf. So they began to worship this golden calf because they said they needed a God because Moses went up to the mountain to be with God. See, this was false worship. But they're thinking that it's all right. And they was doing all kind of stuff in worshiping. They were playing around, orgies, all this stuff. 
And Joshua said, I hear a sound. And that sound ain't the kind of sound, I'm paraphrasing it, that we should be hearing. So God began to talk to Moses and tell Moses what those people were down there doing. Those people were cutting the food. They were doing things that they knew that they should not be been doing. So when Moses got down there and he asked Aaron, how can you allow these people? So Aaron said, you know how these people is. Somebody got to blame somebody, right? But Aaron was left in charge to let these people know, no, you're not going to be doing this kind of stuff. We serve a holy God. We're separated. So what did Moses do? He said this in Exodus 32, 25. Moses saw that the people were acting wildly, out of control. Aaron had let them get out of control, act wildly, and become fools. The object of slander in front of their enemies. I'm going to stop there. Do y'all know, church, that the world is laughing at some of y'all? They're laughing. Oh, you go in the miracle temple. Y'all act like y'all better than anybody, but you're still doing what I'm doing. You're still talking like I'm talking. You're still going to the same place I'm going. What make you any different from me? Why should I come to your church? I'm just using our church. I'm just speaking. Something's in the room. So these people are out of control in front of their enemies. The world is our enemy, y'all. When you come to Christ, the world is your enemy. You don't sit in the midst of the world and they're acting out of control and you sitting there and saying, oh, how I love Jesus. No, you got to get up and separate yourself. You cannot stay in the midst. You got to get up and say, Did y'all not know this? I don't know if I'm the only one that know this. Let me see. Did y'all know that you are the temple? And that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit live in you? Did y'all not know y'all carry him everywhere you go? So whatever you listen to, you're telling him it's all right for him to listen to it? Whomever you lay with, he's laying with him. You, You ain't respect, oh my Lord. You're the temple. Whatever come out of your mouth, you disrespecting God. Your attitude. Oh, come on, somebody. Do you realize that you are the temple? Let me go there. Go with me to 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter. Let's see what the word has to say. 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter. Verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have from God and you're not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. What did it say? Glorify God. Glorify who? In your where? Which is? And that body belong to who? It's not your body no more. So you can't do, he's your master, he's your Lord. So you can't do these things with your body that you used to do because you belong to God and that God don't act that way. So just because, y'all, I, I tell you, it, it grieves me. 
it grieves me when people cannot make the right decisions because you got people with titles dancing along with the world and then getting on the pulpit and telling you something and then show people that they just dancing with the world and people going along with that and filling up Houses of worship and people thinking, I can go out and party and I can come in here and serve God. The devil is a lie and the truth ain't in him. He's the father of lies. But see what he used, he used people with titles. He used people that people think they can trust and he had them to do things. And people watch what they do and say, if they do it, hey, if pastor do it, I can do it. So they're thinking it's okay. That's why you got to have your personal relationship by accepting him as your Lord and Savior and getting to know his character, getting to know his ways. So whomever you hanging around and they're doing something that's not right, you can say, that's not the God that I serve. That's not whom I'm in fellowship with every day. And that's when you separate. I don't care if it's family. You separate yourself. Because the world has to see a difference. They may talk about you. They may ridicule you. But that's not who I am. And that's not who I choose to be. God say you got to make the right decision. No, You got to love God more than you love anybody. That's the decision that you made. And when you love him, you're going to tell people truth whether they like it or not. That's rebuke. Have y'all ever heard of a rebuke? Some people think you don't supposed to rebuke nobody. What Bible are you reading? You're reading the wrong Bible. You must be in the message version. Because that message version ain't good. Somebody look up rebuke for me. Quickly and tell me what it means. I got to stay here because I believe somebody don't know what rebuke is. Some people say, you, 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 you come too hard. No, I come the way God have me to come. I come to root up and to tear down the strongholds off of God people. That means the wrong thinking that's not in alignment with the word of God. He has anointed me and appointed me to dig it up and give you truth. So I'm staying in my lane. And if you don't like how I talk, that's on you because I'd rather please God than to please man. It ain't about you. It's about my father. I wouldn't have said that. That's you. That's why you got many friends. Because you ain't saying too much. Start talking. And they're going to start walking. Start telling them the truth and they don't want to see you no more. When they see you come, oh Lord, here go that Holy Ghost roller. Oh, I got another name. Glory. Hallelujah. Anybody looked up rebuke yet? What does it mean, Mitch? Is that what it say? 
Okay, where's the scripture in the Bible that tell you to rebuke and correct? Where is it at? Is it in Timothy? Look up that, because you're reading out um, dictionary, right? Let's go Bible. How about that? Everything we need is in the word of God. Can somebody tell me why you would not? Do you know you're rebuking a person when you're correcting them? Anybody? When you bring correction, you are rebuking. So you're telling me that you're saved and you're born again and you cannot bring correction. Then you're not who you say you are. Because the God that's in you is not going to let somebody fall in a pit and not tell them truth even if it hurts. 2 Timothy 4, 2. Read that, Apostle. Is that what the words say? And is that what we're supposed to do? So if you call yourself a disciple, a minister, then that's what you're supposed to be doing. Reprove, rebuke, instruct, all of that. Why are you leaving rebuke out? Because I think you're supposed to come in love. That is love. That is love. That's love. Do you think if my children or grandchildren are doing something that's wrong and I continually let them do it and they can get in trouble, I don't love them? How many in this building, God got me here for a reason. How many in this building see their children do something and you're not going to say nothing? Are you going to say something? Hello, somebody. Are you going to say something? Are you going to get them on the right path? Okay, that's what you're supposed to do with your brother and sister. You're going to help your child, but you ain't going to help your brother and sister. You off. You're not going to tell somebody that that's wrong, okay? If the Bible, if you're reading the Bible and somebody's reading it incorrectly, you're going to let the whole church go on something that's not correct or you're going to come back with correction? Correction. It don't matter who it is. Hmm. I'm going back to where I was. Moses, what did he do? When Moses come off of that mountain, Verse 26, so Moses stood at the entrance, the gate to the camp and said, let anyone who wants to follow, whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the people from the family of the sons of Levi gathered around Moses. So Moses had to tell them, you got to make a decision. If you for the Lord, come stand by me. All the Levites came and they stood by Moses. Moses said, now, I want you to take out your swords and I want you to kill the rest. There's a way that seems right. And and some people say, well, why would he do that? Because they weren't for God. Anybody that is not for God is for death. So this is why you got to stay in your word. Everything that people quote don't mean it's Bible. So that's why you have to search the scriptures and some things that people quote that's in the Bible. They don't have revelation on it. They're going on natural. It has not been spiritual to them. It has not been revealed and made known. So they're out there telling people error. So you got to spend time in the word of God to know what it's saying to you. So when people come up to you and try to trick you, you say, that's not my God. That's not how I'm taught. 
So we see what Moses did, and then we go to the book of Joshua. Joshua 24, verses 14 through 15. Thank you, I am going to teach. Hallelujah. Joshua 24, verse 14 through 15. Expanded Bible. Then Joshua said to the people, Now respect, fear, be in awe of the Lord, and serve him fully, faithfully, in truth and sincerity. Sincerely. Throw, put away the gods that your ancestors worshiped on the other side of the river in Egypt. So guess what Moses was saying? He said, in order for you to serve God, you got to let go of what you were doing. Whatever you've been worshiping, he said, you got to let it go. You got to leave it alone. So then, but if you don't want It is undesirable, even in your eyes, to serve the Lord. You must choose for yourself today whom you will serve. You may serve the gods that your ancestors worshipped when they lived on the other side of the river, or you may serve the gods of the Amorites who live in the land. Listen what Joshua said. He said, as for me and my family, my house, we will serve the Lord. God said, you got to make a decision. You got to make up your mind today. Whom are you going to serve? And you got to, God is bringing this in this house for real. The reason being because some people think they're set on heaven, but you might be set on hell. Because you truly hadn't made up your mind. You truly haven't accepted God with your whole heart. You did it because somebody else did it. Or you did it because you thought, Oh, that's what she wants me to do in order to do what I do. God is coming in here and cleaning house. We want to be for him for real. Let me tell you something. When you for real with God, everything you do is not going to be done any kind of way. When you are for real with God, whatever he place in your hands, it's going to be done with a spirit of excellency. You're not going to have to do nothing for God. See, when you're for God, anything you do for him, you're going to be on time. You're going to be in place. You're going to be a help to whoever need help. You got, your heart is going to be so open in every area because you have accepted a God of love. That's how it's supposed to be. The more time you spend with God, the less time you want to spend with anybody or anything because God has taken you to a place that nobody else can take you. Y'all, this is true stuff. Because when I got in my place for real, for real, with God, I love my husband, but I wasn't chasing him no more. I didn't want to go everywhere he went no more. I was so much about my father's business. Y'all, I was doing my motherly duty. I was doing my wifely duty, but my heart was sold out to God more than was sold out to my family. And I remember the more I would get in my word, I would hear it was the Lord talking, but I thought it was the devil. He said, get your priorities straight. I'm like, devil, shut up. I get back in my word, still in my word, seeking the Lord making sure that everything is lining up the way he wanted it to line up. I said, I don't want to get the people anything. I don't just want to pull a scripture and just read it. I want to have some revelation on it. So I kept doing this and doing this. And, I, and the Holy Spirit was saying, get your priorities straight. I said, devil, shut up. 
So, here go the confirmation. One day I woke up, I had a letter. It was from my husband. I said, what did this man leave me a letter for? So he was telling me all how he felt. I, you know, wasn't spending time doing this, that, and other. I said, his clothes washed, he eating, he looked fat. He, he, he getting what he need to get. I don't know what he talking about. He ain't got no dirty clothes. He ain't stinking his food in the house. The kids like they're supposed to be. What's wrong with you? That's what Miss Br- Brunson said. What's wrong with you? So I'm heading to Bible study. Reading the letter, I pulled over and I was mad. The tears come down because they were mad tears. Have you ever had any mad tears? Mad tears. They weren't happy tears. They were mad. Why he want to do this? And no, I got to go to Bible study. Somebody say suddenly. Suddenly the Holy Spirit kicked in and flesh began to die. And the Lord said, get your priorities straight. From that day on, God knew that I had chosen him over my family. But he said, your priorities is not right. He says, me. It's your husband, then your children. Let's stop right there because I hit something. Some of y'all are putting your children over your mate. That's wrong. It's church, it's the God, it's husband, it's wife, then it's the children, then it's the church. That's the order. Women, if you're feeding pastors more than you're feeding your husband, you're out of order. If your house ain't right before you come in here, you are out of order. I do not allow nobody to fix me no food if your food ain't fixed in your house. I had one gentleman, he contacted me when I got my priorities right, when I got them right. He contacted me, he said, I need to talk to you about my wife. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, what in the world is going on? I thought he was going to get on me. He said, I listened to your tape. Back then it was tapes. He said, and I know what you teach. And you said that if your house ain't right, you don't come in the church and feed me if you ain't taking care of your mate. He said, I'm here to tell you they don't clean and they don't cook. And I'm not getting on you. I'm just telling you, you teaching right, but they ain't living right. I said, thank you. I pulled that leader to the side. Yes, I did. I said, I need to talk to you. And that changed. I said, you don't come up in here bringing nothing to me and doing nothing here until you do it where you're supposed to do it first. Oh, God talking to somebody. You're not going to cater to me and your house is messed up. Because once I get wind of it, you better go clear that up. We don't operate like that. The devil is a lie. If you can't clean your toilet, Don't come out here and clean this toilet. If you can't cook for your husband, don't come out here and try to stir up something in fellowship. Don't want it. It's dirty. Maybe good, but it ain't right. (laughs) Maybe good, but it ain't right. You got to make a decision. On what you going to do. You can't give me a sip of tea. And then that husband say no. You dirty rascal. (laughs) That is wrong. And you think you're going to get rewarded from God. 
now. Oh, I know I'm teaching right. God is bringing it on. I love when he bring it up in here because it's in here. It's up in here. Come on, if we, gonna, if we say we know him, we want to line up with him and his character. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Do me and my husband have our ups and downs? Answer, honey. Yes, we do. Do, do we get angry, honey? Yes, we do. Do we get it right? Yet yeah, what? That wasn't allowed. Yes. We get it right. You know how we get it right? This is how I am. If I'm upset with my husband, I don't cook and just say, I done something. I do what I know is right, even though I'm upset with him. If he chooses not to eat it, that's up to him. I done it from the heart. And I'm not going to try to poison him with the food. I'm not going to try to over-season it or make it worse. And I'm not going to swing it at him and say, him. God is talking to somebody. God is trying to tell you something right now. And some people are saying, I'm glad I'm single. Oh, I'm going to get on you too. Your little singleness attitudes. You can be single in a house right by yourself and stir up more than a married couple can. But we want to do it right. And the only way we can do it right is to have God on our side. Not nationwide, but God on our side. Because that's how we get it right, y'all. The things that I teach y'all, my husband know how I am. And I don't think he would say, she's up there telling y'all one thing and at home doing another. That's not my makeup. I'm going to do what God tell me to do outside of how I feel or outside the hurt that I have. Because I love Jesus that much. No matter how people hurt me, no matter how they talk about me, I'm going to still love you. Why? Because me and my father have a relationship. And he reminded me, you were once in your mess too. I forgave you, now I want you to forgive them. That's God. That's the decisions that we have to make. We don't hold nothing for umpteen years. And say, I love you, evangelist. You're so special to me. And in my heart, here she go. I'm using this as an example. Ain't no problem between me and evangelist Newton. Okay. But in my heart, I see myself. God is trying to tell you something right now. This ain't right. God don't bring a word in this house for no reason. We got to quit. It's split decisions in the house, and this is how church is split. 
Because you got one section believing this and one section believing that. And how is people believing different things is because people are running their mouth and giving their opinions because they have divided thoughts, but their thought ain't lining up with what the word says. So this is why church split and people leave because they so prideful. They don't want to come off of them. They rather for people to look up to them than to look to what the word of God is saying. But we're not having that up in here. It's God's way or no way. And the only way you're going to know God's way is by being in the word of God to know what God is saying. This is why marriages are so broken up is because we make wrong decisions in marriage. We marry a man or woman based on how they look, based on what they have, based on how they treat you right then. But then you find out that they are dogs. Too late. Have you ever felt... That they love you so much they can eat you up. I mean like a piece of chocolate. Chocolate of thief. But then when you marry them, you vomiting up the chocolate. It's making you sick on the stomach. You can't even look at that chocolate no more. It looked like a piece of burnt up trash. Oh, I'm talking. What happened to that chocolate? What happened to that good taste you had? All of a sudden it turned into ashes and it stank. Don't you know the devil do what he do to win you over and once he got you? So you got to know how to make a decision on marriage based on your father. When you know how God treats you, you ain't going to accept any and everybody. Hello, somebody. When you have a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, when you have a relationship with Abba, Father, when you have a relationship with Elohim, the Creator, El El Yon, the Most High God, when you have a relationship with El Roy, a God who sees me, when you have a relationship with Jehovah Jireh, my provider, when you have a relationship with Jehovah Rapha, my healer, when you have a relationship with Jehovah Shammah, he is there when you have a relationship with Jehovah Shalom he is my peace when you have that relationship with Jehovah Nisi he is my victory he is my banner you ain't gonna accept any and everybody and you're not gonna try to fix them the only one can fix them is God and the only God they're gonna see is you You got to decide whom you're going to serve. I made up my mind. I can't satisfy people. It's too many people want to be satisfied. It's too many people that don't know that you're complete in him. Nobody can complete you. I had to learn that. Nobody can complete me. But you're not going to disrespect my God. You're not going to be in front of me disrespecting my God when you know that's not who I am. This is why the Bible tells you in Romans 14 
If a person don't like meat, they don't like meat. But you don't disrespect that person because they don't like meat. That don't mean they're not saved. They just don't eat meat like you eat meat. So you don't want to beat them on the head and say, eat that meat. No, you want to eat what they're eating. But they don't disrespect my God. And by me allowing them to disrespect the God I got a relationship with, that means I'm not honoring him the way I need to honor him. Y'all need to quit worrying about how people see you. And you need to look at how God sees you. He sees you as his very own. He sees you as the apple of his eye. Y'all, there has to be a separation. And I mean quick, fast, and in a hurry. Time is winding up. You're not going to have time to get it right when something happens so quickly. You got to be right. You got to be ready for the coming of the Lord. Your bags have to be packed every day. Every day your bags got to be ready for the coming of the Lord because we don't know the time nor the hour when he is coming. Come on, we got to leave all this worldly mess alone. Then he began to show me, I'm going back to Solomon. First Kings chapter three. Solomon first test was this. There were two women. Both of them had children, had a baby. One of them laid on the baby. The baby died. The woman switched the baby with the other woman. And they brought the case to Solomon. This was his first case. So Solomon said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to divide that baby in half. And the woman, one woman said, no, 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 just give the baby to her. The other woman said, no, just kill the baby. Solomon said, uh-uh, give the baby to the woman that wanted the baby to live. That's the mother. That decision that he made came from God, not Solomon. See, every decision that we make has to be a godly decision, not a flesh decision. See, flesh want things. Flesh want to look good. Flesh want to smell good. But you have to know what God wants for you in this day and this hour. Because we don't know what's approaching. We don't know what's going to happen. Or when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. But we got to be ready at all times. We got to know what God wants for us. And the only way you're going to know what God wants for you is to be born again. Because you cannot come in connection with God if you're not born of the Spirit of God. Those that don't have the Spirit of God are none of His. And some people that are not born again is thinking... I hear God. Well, if you hear God, why are you still in the world? Why are you still doing what you do if you hear God? And if you hear God so much and you're truly born of him, what's up? Why are you still living the way you're living? See, there comes a time that we can be in a place that we don't need to be in. But the more we get in place with him, those places drop off. It drops off. We need to quit feeding sin. We're feeding sin too much and we're feeding people that are sinning too much that are in front of us doing stuff that ain't right and we're allowing it. If that's what you choose to do, you get away from me doing it. That's not who I am no more. That's not what I do. 
If you choose to sip a little bit of wine, that's you. Sip the wine. I ain't saying you're not saved because you're sipping a little bit of wine. But if you're depending more on that wine than you're depending on God, that's your God. And it's going to lead to intoxication. And it's going to lead to some things that you can't not hear God drinking wine and doing things that you're doing. It comes a time that you don't want things in your body that's going to put your body in a place that it don't need to be. Y'all, when you truly get to know God, you want to do everything his way. And guess what? It ain't hard. It becomes so easy to you that you live in the way that God would have you to live in that Zoe life. And do we falter? Yes, we do. Do all of us in this room get mad? Yes, we do. But the Bible says, be and don't let. Why is it that some people can go to bed angry with their mate and roll over? Don't say nothing to me. You don't say nothing to me, I won't say nothing to you. Well, you just said something. I ain't saying nothing now. Okay. How many in this building, men, know a woman would never shut up? Y'all scared. Mishon got his hand raised back there. How many men know in this building a woman would never shut up? Willie got his raised. Because a woman was going to communicate with that man to get that man to say something. The man trying not to say something because he don't want to knock you out. Right? He don't want to say nothing. But when they blow up, you know they said something. Right? So this is why communication is the key. The more you communicate with God, you'll be able to communicate with others in a way that you need to communicate. Because everybody is different in communication. I may not can communicate to Sister Mary the way I communicate to Kim. Why? If I spend more time with Kim, I got to know Kim in a way I didn't get to know Miss Mary. So the more time I spend with a person, I'm going to know where they are. And if I don't spend time with the person, I'm spending time with God, God's going to tell me, don't say that to that person. You can't go in that way with that person. Come on, you can meet some thugs out there, Christian thugs. I met some Christian thugs. I ain't lying. I had to go on thuggish with them. In love. Thuggish love. Y'all think I'm playing. I am not playing with y'all. I've been ministering for 20 some years. I can't go thuggish with everybody. I got to know how to approach the personality that I'm talking to. Now if I go thuggish with everybody, they wouldn't come to church. Some of you just just hit people hard and you can't do that. The Holy Spirit will let you know how to talk to each individual. He'll let you know how to come in and go out. Now, husband and wife, they all the way around. You got to go thuggish. You got to go mental. You got to go. One time my husband said, Manda, I ain't stupid. That's what he's saying. Manda, I ain't stupid. I'm like, okay, let me try this again. I say, they said, 
Banda, I ain't stupid. I said I said it three times. So I thought if I slow it down, you're going to catch hope. So me and my husband laugh at each other. But we get back on track. And then sometime he'll give me a joke. And I say, what? You just don't never catch on the joke. I say, because they're corny. <laughs> no, you just different. Yeah. Then I get mad. I said, did he say? Then I have to catch myself. Okay, I know who I am. That was just corny. Well, let me call somebody else and see if they catch it. <laughs> well, they may catch it, but I didn't catch it. Then there go another argument. Why you call somebody? You calling me stupid? <laughs> Come on, people. But then we laugh. We laugh. We get over it. So you got to know how to go in and how to come out with the decisions that we make all the way around. When you know a person has been hurt in a certain area, why do you want to go in that area with that person? You know why? Because you don't like them and you want to stir it up. You don't like them. So you know their weakness. That's the devil using you. You said what you said because you know that was a weak area. So we got to make the right decisions. And the only way we can make them, it starts with Jesus and it ends with Jesus. And, the, and what helps us to understand that is, I like this verse of scripture. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 5 through 8, I'm reading that expanded Bible. This is what God was telling Moses to tell the people. Look, I have taught you the laws the statutes, the ordinances, the requirements, and the rules the Lord my God commanded me. So Moses, as the leader, had to teach the people the way of the Lord. Now you can obey the laws in the land you're entering, in the land you would take possession. Obey these laws carefully, keep guard and do obey in order to show the other nations that you have wisdom and understanding discernment. When they hear about these laws, they will say, this great nation of Israel is wise and understanding. No other nation is as great as we are. Their gods do not come near them, but the Lord our God comes near when we pray to him. And no other nation has such good teaching, statutes, ordinance, requirements, and commands as those I'm giving you today. We supposed to be different, y'all. People supposed to see born-again believers differently from the world. And if they're not seeing you in that way, you need to check yourself. You need to check your heart and see if your heart is towards God. And I'm going to give another nugget with me and my husband. When I got saved, my husband did not get saved. He did not get born again. So I kept saying, you need to be saved. You need to be saved. You need to quit doing this and you need to quit doing that. The Lord told me, leave him alone. He said, only thing I want you to do is live that life in front of him the way you need to live. And I did that. And one day my husband came to me. He said, what must I do to be saved? Because I didn't worry about what he did or what he didn't do. I did what the Lord instructed me to do. So he saw God in me. And was coming through me. So he wanted what I had. Because I didn't change just because he was doing what he was doing. I want to live my life in the right light. 
Women, if you get your mind off of your husbands or your boo, whoever it is, or your make-believe man, if you get your mind off him and put your mind more on God and living the way God will have you to live, it's either going to draw that man or it's going to drive him. But if you acting snobbish because, um, in front of that man because he's acting snobbish at you, you ain't drawing nobody but death. You giving Satan what he wants. Love covers a multitude of sin. So ma- no matter what they do or how they do it to you, as long as they ain't abusing you, live your life for Christ. And I guarantee you, if you live your life for Christ, stay in your word, giving God praise, they're going to leave or they're going to say, what must I do to be saved? They're supposed to be a change, and you bring that change because God is in you. Everywhere Israel went, those nations saw them as being different. But they had to uh, go in another way to get them to come out of the way that they believed. And some of them did come out of that way, but some of them didn't. So we got to make a decision today. For one thing, no. That if you're born again and you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are joined unto the Lord. You're one spirit with him. Your body no longer belonged to you. It belonged to God. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You have a new identity. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. As he is, so are we in this world. Everything that Jesus have, we have. We are heirs of God. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We have been sanctified. We have been set apart. We have been made fit for the Lord's use. We have been made righteous. Come on, y'all. We have been redeemed. The price has been paid for us. We have been chosen. We have been accepted in the beloved. Come on, we've been chosen before the foundation of the world. We have been adopted. Come on, we have been forgiven. All of these things belong to us. That's our identity. So when you know your identity, you're going to live according to your identity. Who are you living according to? Are you living according to God or are you living according to the world? It's time for the church to make a decision. The decision is yours on the day. Whom are you going to serve? Are you going to serve light or are you going to serve darkness? It's time for the churches, the churches, to put out darkness so the light can come in. It is darkness in the churches. The enemy is hiding. But guess what? God got a spotlight on you today. He's letting you know, I know you and I know your works. I know all about you. I know how deceitful you are. I know witchcraft is in the church. Christians bringing it in the church because you're running off at the mouth. And whatever you're doing silently within, guess what? God already knows. It's already coming without. Whatever you're keeping and how you're feeling. Some, some people in the church want the church to fail. They want people to fail because they want other people to see just how that person is. Oh, no, you better check your salvation. When you're waiting on somebody to fail, then you're working some witchcraft. 
And I bind the spirit of witchcraft right now in the name of Jesus. Every hindering spirit that has come to hinder and harass, I rebuke you right now in Jesus' name. And I speak that every spirit that's hiding, the light is shining upon you. You will be revealed in Jesus' name. God, we give you glory. We give you honor. And we give you praise for everything that you have already done, not for what you're going to do, but for what you have already done. And woman of God sitting there with your hands up, God is already healed. God is already delivered. God is already set free. Every attack and every tormenting spirit that the enemy has sent upon you to harass you, to torment you, I speak that it has been dismissed in Jesus' name. And as you lay down and sleep, your sleep shall be sweet, and you shall only dwell in safety. And everybody that has come at you, that has ridiculed you, that has put you down, God is going to use you even in the midst of a crooked generation. God, I thank you. That everything that the enemy has meant for harm for this woman of God, you have turned it around and you have made it for her good. And I hear the Lord say there are many afflictions of the righteous, but God has delivered you out of them all. God, I thank you for giving her a hearing ear to hear what the spirit has to say. God, I rebuke all doubt and all unbelief that's coming at her, Father God. And I thank you that she take the walk of faith in Jesus' name, for she walked by faith and not by sight. And God, I thank you, God, that even in the midst of this sickness, God, God, I thank you that you are the God that healeth thee. God, I thank you for doing a work, God, even with her back on today. In Jesus' name, I thank you that you're making the crooked places straight. In Jesus' name, I rebuke pain in your body. I command it to go in the name of Jesus. It has no right there, so pain, go, leave. In Jesus' name. And I thank you, God, that she shall rise up in victory. She shall rise up in healing. In Jesus' name, we give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. God is a good, good father. Good, good father. And man of God in that purple shirt, lilac shirt, your change have already come. God heard your heart. Could you step up here? Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the Donation tab. God bless you. And we will see you next week.